This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And good morning, good afternoon, whatever the case may be. You are here live with Dr. Jeff Werber here, your host for the next 30 minutes on Pet Life Radio's live call-in show. Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Keywords there, live call-in show. So <laughs> we want to hear from you. I want to hear about your pets. Um, you can get a hold of us a few ways. The easiest is 877-385-8882. That's toll-free, 877-385-8882. For more fun, you can even join us live here by going on to PetLifeRadio.com, click on the Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff tab, and you follow the instructions, just um, scroll down and you'll see a Google Hangouts link. And you can directly link in to our show. Join me here live, just have your phone, have your computer with your camera, and uh, we can talk. You can show me your, your, you should get used to doing this, everybody, because this is the wave of the future. I'm working on something now, as are others, that we're gonna have basically be able to see your veterinarian, your veterinarian see your pets, all via technology through the phone. We call it telehealth or telemedicine. That's a distinction we can talk about, but it's kind of like virtual office visits. So get used to getting that phone and tracking your dog, watching it walk so we can evaluate that limp, showing a close-up of their face so we can see what's going on in their eyes or their teeth. And um, yeah, it's uh, you know when you think about the fastest growing segment of the pet-owning population are millennials. And as we all know, those who either have them as children or as employees, as do I both, then we know very well that if given the option of getting in a car and driving somewhere, like to pick up that pizza, or just grab their phone and click on the pizza app, or whatever the case may be, and have that pizza delivered in 15 minutes, you know what they're going to do. So uh, if you want to practice, just come ahead and grab your phone and join us here on Google Hangouts, and we can talk pets. Anyway, I hope everyone had a, a great week. Weather-wise, it's still cold out there in many places. So all the cold weather tips, I know the American Veterinary Medical Association and the American Animal Hospital Association are continually warning owners uh, about not leaving your pets outdoors. I know we talked last week about cats hiding under hoods of cars. So that's an important one. You want to be really careful there too. And uh, today, we're going to talk about later on in the show. So if you, if you want to gather up your questions, I want to talk about age. And age as a disease. Also, you know, interesting, I, someone started following me new on my Instagram and was thanking one of our other listeners who sent her, told her how to get a hold of my podcast here on Pet Life Radio through visiting Pet Life Radio. And the YouTube's, uh, the links are set up for my podcast on the shows. So you guys should be doing that. If you don't have a chance necessarily to hear a whole show or you miss a show, uh, you can go online, uh, Pet Life Radio, and grab links to our prior shows. And maybe you'll learn something. Maybe something will help you. Maybe you're dealing with something now with your pets. And it was the subject of one of my prior shows. And what we're going to talk about today is age and age as a disease. Think about it. Is age a disease? So we'll get to that. Firstly, I want to just talk about some news items that I come across that I find very interesting for me and hopefully for you as well. And uh, this was a good one. This is a good one because I am continually asked what I think about this. And what is this? This is raw food diets. I personally am not a huge fan. I don't eat a lot of raw food, so I do like sushi. But as we know, sushi grade is very specialized. 
And this came out of the Netherlands and a bacteria and parasites found in raw pet foods, listeria, E. coli, salmonella, sarcocystis, toxoplasmosis. That's a lot of parasites and bacteria. And many of the bacteria were antibody resistant. So the researchers wrote, their quote, not mine, raw meat pet food could pose a serious risk to the animal health and public health. So my recommendations, proceed with caution. If you're going to feed raw food diets, check with the company, make sure there is some step in the process of preparing the food, the raw meat. Sometimes it's called flash freezing. There are some techniques that can be used to kill off bacteria and parasites, but we don't know if everyone is doing it. So yes, let's go back to the old argument. But doctor, I mean, in the wild, you know, in their ancestors, they, you know, would go after the kill and then they would eat the raw meat. They didn't get sick. Wait a second. Our pets are so domesticated now. The gut flora of then is not the same as the gut flora of today. So it's not necessarily true that just because the dog's ancestors did it, that our dogs are pet pampered, domesticated dogs and cats should be eating raw food. So I'm not saying don't do it, but do your homework. But when I see an independent article like this, it certainly raises my eyebrow and it should yours as well. So another thing, canine influenza, we've heard a lot about it. There's the strains, the H3N2, H3N8, up in the San Francisco Bay Area. They've been seeing a lot of cases, more than normal. I would say if you should check with your veterinarian, if they, your veterinarian, is seeing cases, there is a vaccine available by Zoetis that is a anti-influenza vaccine very effective on all the strains, the both the key strains, and talk to your veterinarian about it. This was really cool. This is a nice story. So, you know, sometimes we get some, you know, kind of feel-good stories coming out, and this is one of them. Gwinnett County, Georgia, the Department of Community Services, Health and Animal Welfare, divisions are teaming up, and to those clients that need home-delivered foods for whatever reason, they're immobile, they are extremely, they can't get out, they don't drive anymore. A lot of them have pets, of course, because as we know, Pets are a big benefit to these kinds of people that are, have these problems. We know that the seniors do well with pets. The single people, mostly the elderly that are widows and widowers that are left now alone, do very well having pets. So now the department is teaming up with animal welfare and they are delivering pet food for the pets as well as human food for them. And uh, that's really cool. That's a great program. Here's another problem that we're going to be probably seeing a lot more of. Because as we know, as of January 1st, or maybe January 2nd, many more states, I shouldn't say many, there are, are a few more states, including California, that have officially legalized marijuana. Prior, there were a few states, and the only one with a veterinary school was at Colorado. And so CSU, Colorado State University, was the only university that was actually studying the science and the benefits and the hazards of marijuana and pets. So this problem is that marijuana farms, this is happening in Northern California. No wonder that Northern, Northern California, they'd be growing a lot of pot. They are using, the, the farmers are using anticoagulant rodenticides to protect the crops from rodents. The problem is that owls and other birds are also feeding on these crops and are finding that these are being killed because of the rodenticides. The fear is that as more of these animals are being killed, the predators of these animals will also be killed because once the anticoagulant gets into the bloodstream of the rodent or the owl or the fisher bird that ate it, then another animal comes and eats 
that bird or the rodent, then that a rodenticide is going to get to them as well. So if you can see what's going to happen. And as it's like a, a vicious cycle. The more uh, a chain that every animal that eats the animal that dies or is, is dying, they can also die. Now that we are decriminalized in certain states, the problem can magnify. And you know, it just brings me an interesting story. A number of years ago, I do a spay on a friend's dog. And of course, as Murphy's Law would have it, whenever you're going to work on a friend or a family member, pet, something's going to happen. It's never straightforward. But anyway, post-surgically, this dog is bleeding way more than it should. And you know, we're very, very careful with the spays, and we ligate very well. It was unlikely a slipped ligature, but after seeing how much the dog continued to bleed, we reopened her back up, checked all the ligatures, everything was intact as suspected, but she was still bleeding from everywhere, not just where we cut. So it concerned me a lot. So I called the owner, a friend of mine, and I said, I said, you know, this is really weird, but she is still bleeding more than she should be bleeding. And it's not ligatures. Everything has looked fine in there. You know, if I didn't know any better, it almost looks like she got in to rat poison. And he looks, he, uh, this is on the phone. He, he says, what, what do you mean rat poison? I, I said, so rat poison is a rodenticide. And, and what they do is an anticoagulant. So when the rats eat it, they start bleeding and they, they can literally bleed out and they die. He goes, oh my God, you know, that's, that's really interesting. He, I, he says, you know, I didn't think to tell you this, Jeff, but Elkie ate a rat about four days ago. I found her. She walked in the house with a dead rat in her mouth. And I said, oh, so she was saying, oh, am I quick? I got to hold this rat. This rat was probably already dying from rat poison. And then she, by chewing on the rat, she got enough of the rat poison to actually cause this bleeding problem. So we started her on the antidote, which is vitamin K. And long story short, she did great at the end of the day. But you can see how eating an animal that's poisoned can also poison the predator. So just FYI, speaking of um, marijuana and the cannabidiols, the American Vet Med Association is now developing some cannabinoid resources for veterinarians because most of us, you know, it's been illegal for so many years. We're not used to using it. And so the guide that's going to describe basically the legalities, how the cannabinoids work, risks to the pets, symptoms and treatment in case there's toxicosis, acute toxicosis. And what are the effects of chronic exposure as well? So that can help many of us, myself included, because we are not really used to, and I'm, I'm, I think what I'm going to try to do is have Dr. Stephanie McGrath from Colorado State on our show to talk about the amazing research that's being done at Colorado State University and the many, many benefits they're finding to scientifically proven benefits to the CBD, which is uh, cannabidiol. So, uh, which is without THC, let me preface that, and very, very, very cool stuff. This was also cool stuff. UC Davis uh, researchers, uh, surgeons, there was a five-month-old mountain lion that was, pads were badly burned in the recent Southern California Thomas fires. So what they did is they were doing this as a test, but they thought it would work based on the texture and the thinness, but strength of the skin. And what skin are we talking about? fish skin. They actually used a concoction of honey, olive oil, coconut oil, beeswax on the pads, the healing pads, and then covered them as a bandage with tilapia skin. That's pretty cool. And apparently it's super lightweight, but very strong. And um, this wonderful mountain lion, five months old, has been healing much more quickly than they thought it would. So, you know, all these things are pretty cool. I think science is great. So um, we are getting close to our half 
time on the show. Speaking of halftime, uh, make sure you catch a good football today. So stay tuned. We're going to talk about age. We're going to talk about age as a disease. Is it the disease? Well, we're going we're to find out. So don't go away. We'll be right back here. Here at Pet Life Radio, ask the vet, Dr. Jeff. Don't go away. We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Everything we tried failed except the Dynavite. Pick up two bottles of Super Mega Fish Oil. Get the third bottle free. Packed with omega-3, DHA, and EPA fatty acids. Super Mega is great for your dog's immune system, healthy skin, and soft, shiny fur. Dogs love it. Try Super Omega Fish Oil. Buy two. Get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. We're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff. And uh, before the break and early in the show, we were talking about aging, pets aging, and is age a disease? It's sort of like a double-edged sword here. We are, veterinary medicine has advanced so much that we are keeping these pets, our pets, our patients, and your pets, my own pets, alive way longer. We're learning so much more about preventive care, um, about how to treat certain diseases that used to be just fatal automatically. More and more people are allowing us to treat cancers. So now we're dealing with an aging pet population, which is great. But all of a sudden, when something comes up in these aging pets, I often will talk to clients and they say, well, God, doc, you know, I don't want to do that because I don't want to clean the teeth because he's already 14. And I'm thinking, oh, well, wait a second. You know, by not doing certain things, and I'm, I'm going to use my poor Grover as an example, but all too often we are faced with older pets. And I am not recommending, I don't recommend that we make a decision about whether to treat or not to treat, do or not to do, surgery or not to surgery, based on the fact that my pet is 13, 14, 15, 16, who cares? Age is not a disease. Can you imagine? Here's the, the example I would give to my clients. Can you imagine grandma? Grandma's, bless her heart, 92 years old, and she falls as many old people do, and she breaks her hip. So you can imagine taking grandma to the doctor, and they check her out, they check her heart, they do her x-rays, her lungs are good, her heart's good. They do a blood test, a urinalysis. She's in amazing shape. She is really in good shape for 92. And she's in good shape, period, let alone for 92. But 
Can you imagine saying to grandma, who just tests everything great, gee, grandma, you know, it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. You look great for 92. But guess what? You're 92, so we're not going to fix your hip. I mean, come on. That's absurd. So is it something that we take into consideration when dealing? Of course. But and so here's some of the classic examples. Tumors. So you have a dog, and I just did a 15-year-old dog on Friday. And this dog had this humongous tumor on its butt end that was growing rapidly. And when it comes to tumors, you often hear people say, oh my God, doc, I mean, this thing's growing before my eyes. I can't believe it. And in a way it is, because when you think about how tumors grow, tumors grow by geometric progression. So you have these abnormal cells that don't respond to the normal signals that normal cells respond to when to stop growing. And one of those is when a cell, if you put cells in a, normal cells in a Petri dish, and you're growing them, and they multiply, one becomes two, becomes four, becomes eight, 16, 32, et cetera. When the Petri dish is filled of cells, and every cell is touching another cell, the normal cells send a signal to each other, and the growth stops, okay? Now, cancer cells don't have that ability. So they will keep growing and growing and growing, despite the fact that they are all touching each other, and then it starts to grow like crazy. So picture normal cell division, and the one becomes two, four to, to eight, to 16, 32, 64, 128, et cetera, et cetera. But cells are microscopic. So while this is happening, you don't see them. And especially if it's not on a surface, if it's in the body. But once a critical mass is reached, and it varies on what type of cell and the size of the cell, but let's say for argument's sake, critical mass is a half a million cells. So now you can actually start seeing it with the naked eye. Well, guess what? In the next division, that 500,000 becomes a million, a million becomes two million, two million becomes four million. Before you know it, this tumor is growing before your eyes. And it's, it's not growing any faster. It's just that now you're seeing it. So this tumor on this dog's rump was growing very rapidly. So I stuck a needle into it to see if I can maybe see what type it is. It just got a bloody yucky stuff. So we talked about the pros and cons. Now, first of all, this dog also had terrible teeth. Let's talk teeth for a second. We know that as teeth get really bad, as the gums get infected, the bacteria in the mouth start traveling in the blood and they colonize in the heart valve called endocarditis and also in the kidney filtration system called glomerulonephritis. So you can't ignore bad teeth. It's sort of like a, a catch-22, but what's going to happen is the longer you wait for fear of the procedure affecting negatively affecting your pet, the more likely your pet will be affected because of the disease, kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy here. You can't ignore it. So you got to check your pet out, see how well it's doing. And if it, your pet can tolerate some of the fantastic anesthetic protocols that we have today, you need to do it. Case in point, you have a tumor that's growing rapidly, like this little dog I did the other day, or like my own Grover, my, at the time, 15-year-old Labrador retriever that had a very nasty tumor. What could you expect as a result if you do nothing? The answer, nothing. You can't expect anything. It's not going to get better by itself. It's growing rapidly. It's getting ugly. It's breaking through skin. It's bleeding. It's oozing. And within weeks to a month, you're going to have to put that dog to sleep because you ignored what you could do. So you evaluate your pet. You look for all the elements, even if there are minor organ dysfunctions, and there may be. You can battle those during procedure with IV fluids, with IV antibiotics, if there's a high white cell count, whatever the case may be, the, the proper fluids and uh, the anesthetic you use and what plane of anesthetic, there are so many adjustments that can be made to make this a safe as possible anesthetic. But you have to take the risk 
because if you don't do it, the disease that you are trying to treat is going to kill your pet anyway. So you can't expect something to happen from doing nothing. So sure enough, we go into this dog and this thing was really ugly and it was extensive. And um, I have pictures. I, I took pictures. I showed it to the owner. It's, it, I don't know. thing was weighed probably about a pound. And uh, this was a little dog. So anyway, we took it out, removed it. It was very deep, very invasive. We put some drains in, cut the excess skin away because the skin got so stretched and sewed it up. And this little guy is doing great. And in the case of Grover, I know I've talked to you about this before when it happened, 15 years old, he spent his 15th birthday on my surgery table. And I knew who, what kind of Labrador retriever lives to 15. I mean, that was insane. I was, a, I was an idiot to consider surgery, but I was more of an idiot to not consider surgery based on the tumor. So we knock him out. He was under for, oh God, an hour and a half easily. And we excise, we remove this ugly thing. Same thing, put drains. He heals and we start him on medication. It was a bad tumor called a mast cell grade three. Had him on medication. Not only did he live through his 15th birthday, he actually lived through his 16th birthday. And finally, at 16 years and three months, which is just remarkable for a Labrador retriever, we finally say goodbye. And we didn't even say goodbye. I don't think it was because the tumor. The tumor was totally under control. Looked great. He was fine. It was because the rest of him at 16 plus started breaking down. So as a take-home lesson, when having or faced with a decision to do or not do something about with your pet, to treat an ailment, to treat an, a, a sickness, to treat a, a mass, to treat something, whether it's medicine, surgery, requiring anesthesia, do not say, I can't do it, he's too old. I'd rather work on a 15-year-old dog that tests great than an eight-year-old dog that's got liver disease, kidney disease, something else going on. That dog, even though only eight or nine, is more of an anesthetic risk than a 15-year-old dog who tests out great. So take-home lesson, don't forget, that stuff is very important to consider. You know, it's never easy. Talk to your veterinarian. And if you have any questions, if you want to pick my brain, what's left of it, you may. Uh, you can always get a hold of me here at Pet Life Radio, drjeff at petliferadio.com. You can also get a hold of me on my Instagram. You should join me on Instagram, which is at Dr. Jeff Werber. So if you like seeing pictures of really cute animals, and some good videos and boomerangs, you got to go on to at Dr. Jeff Werber. Everybody loves this stuff. They're really cute. And I get to see, I mean, I got, I really have the best job in the world. When you think about how many pets I get to hug and cuddle with every day, that's not work. It's play. So anyway, thanks for joining me here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff. If you have any questions, anything you want to know about your pet, you can always get a hold of me. We'll talk about it on the show. And better yet, live here Google Hangouts, just as I do on this show, you can join me as well. So have a great week, everybody. I hope your team of choice or teams of choice win and advance. Um, looks like right now, uh, so far I know uh, Philly is advancing. Uh, and of course, New England, the Patriots are advancing. Got some good games today. So um, anyway, um, thanks for joining me and we will see you all next week. And uh, um, once again, if you ever have a question for me, please get a hold of me, drjeff at Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.